Biotech still seeking treatment for COVID-19, which may already be found. IRS and healthcare industry increases flexibility for consumers, and the Trump administration makes way for relief, including a familiar dividend. I'm Alan Ear, and this is The Economic State, Episode 1. Biotech companies have been searching for possible treatment for the coronavirus. Both AbbVie and Gilead Science stated in late January that they were working on potential treatment for COVID-19. Recently, Gilead noticed a boost in their stock, which had been floating around $70 per share to now close to $80 per share. However, scientists may have discovered that treatment already exists to fight this new strain of coronavirus. In a recent study, medical professionals tested patients with a drug commonly used to treat malaria called hydroxychloroquine. Another drug was also used in conjunction, azithromycin, which is commonly used to fight bacterial infections. If it's possible that we have already found treatment that not only works, but has worked, then what has been the point of all of the panic? What has been the point of the media constantly covering it? But no. So luckily, people are already testing this, and they've the people involved, I can read the article for you, they're already having positive results, which is amazing. In the U.S., there are over 13,000 cases and 200 deaths. 100, 108 have, people have already recovered. And what's amazing is it's completely possible that this could be solved within a month. People could be treated, basically forget about this, just like we forgot about the swine flu and just like we forgot about polio. It was posted in the International Journal of Antimicrobial Agents, dated March 17th of 2020. And the results, six patients were asymptomatic, 22 had upper respiratory tract infection symptoms, and eight had lower respiratory tract infection symptoms. 20 cases were treated in this study and showed a significant reduction of the viral carriage at day six post-inclusion compared to controls, and much lower average carrying duration than reported of untreated patients in the literature. Azithromycin added to hydroxychloroquine was significantly more efficient for for virus elimination. In conclusion, Despite, in small sam- despite a small sample size, our survey shows that hydroxychloroquine treatment is significantly associated with viral load reduction slash disappearance in COVID-19 patients and it's affected and is reinforced by azithromycin. So already we're seeing positive results from people trying basic medication that we've had for a while. And what's amazing is there's these companies, these biotech companies that have been working on this since uh, January uh, of this year, they made statements in late January. According to a recent Chinese study, about 80% of patients present with mild disease and the overall case fatality rate is about 2.3% but reaches 8.0% in patients aged to 70 to 79 and 14.8% in those aged 80, 80 years or above. However, there is possible probably an important number of asymptomatic carriers in the population, and thus the mortality rate is probably overestimated. France is now facing the COVID-19 wave with more than 4,500 cases as of March 14, 2020. Thus, there is an urgent need for an effective treatment to treat symptomatic patients, but also to decrease the duration of virus carriage in order to to limit the transmission in the community. Among candidate drugs to treat COVID-19, repositioning of old drugs 
for use as antiviral treatment is an interesting strategy because knowledge on safety profile, side effects, pathology, and drug interactions are well known. Hydroxychloroquine, an analog of chloroquine, has been demonstrated to have an anti-SARS-CoV activity in vitro. So all our fears over this has been greatly overstated. And scientists and medical professionals have already seen a positive, a positive outcome of research on patients who are active patients. And they've seen people from six to nine days fully recovered with this treatment. It was a combination of hydroxychloroquine and azithromycin. And these, these are affordable, and some of them over-the-counter, these treatments. The malaria treatments in particular have name-brand uh, over-the-counter counterparts. In other news, IRS and healthcare industry increases flexibility for consumers. Normally, high-deductible health plans, which are required to have an HSA, cover preventive care benefits such as screenings and immunization shots and do not have a minimum deductible. Plans that cover non-preventive health plans do not qualify as an HDHP. The IRS just announced that even if you have an HDHP plan that covers COVID-19 treatment, which is a non-preventive uh, service, a non-preventive care benefit, you will still be able to keep your, H your HSA qualifications. To facilitate the nation's response to the 2019 novel coronavirus, this notice provides that, until further guidance is issued, a health plan that otherwise satisfies the requirements to be a high-deductible plan, health plan under Section 223C2A of the Internal Re Revenue Code will not fail to be an HDHP, a high-deductible health plan, under Section 223C2A, merely because the health plan provides health benefits associated with testing for and treatment of COVID-19 without a deductible, or with a deductible below the minimum deductible. Therefore, an individual covered by the HDHP will not be disqualified for being an eligible individual under Section 223C1, who may make tax-favored contributions to a health savings account. So basically what this means is that if you have a plan and most insurance companies are waiving uh, the deductibles and co-payments for you to take a COVID-19 or a coronavirus uh, treatment program, which is a non-preventive care benefit. So the IRS is saying is that even though technically under IRS code that wouldn't qualify for an HSA, it was gonna waive it and you will basically be able to get the treatment and keep your high deductible plan and your HSA at the same time. So it's a benefit coming from the IRS and it's coming from the insurance companies too, such as Anthem. Anthem's affiliated affiliated health plans will continue to waive co-pays, co-insurance, and deductibles for the diagnostic tests related to COVID-19. In addition, this will be extend, exclu, extended to include waiver of co-pays, co-insurance, and deductibles for visits associated with in-network COVID-19 testing, whether the care is received in a physician's office, an urgent care center, or an emergency department. So insurance companies and the government are working together to provide uh, regular consumers and everyday citizens everything they need to fight this infection and the the outlook is just looking very good both with positive results from testing in medical institutions so everyday citizens can go get treated 
for free to get tested for COVID-19. And the Trump administration is doing everything they can to provide free medication, or at least affordable medication, in combination with everything I just mentioned. The president, alongside uh, the House of Representatives, has passed an act called Families First Coronavirus Response Act. So the president and his administration, alongside the House of Representatives, Representatives, has passed this act that basically provides benefits to those who are suffering from the lack of work because both cities and states are closing down restaurants, bars, uh, education institutions. So people are at a loss for work at the moment. And the president and alongside Congress is doing everything they can to provide for citizens a way to meet ends meet, at least for the short term. He's providing a, a bill that adds up to basically over, over $2 billion to provide for each citizen. And it sounds familiar. It's been going around that he basically would add up to a $2,000 dividend to every individual uh, that meets this certain criteria that he has set up. Uh, and you would, that would sound familiar. It is reminiscent of Andrew Yang, the former Democratic presidential candidate, with his $1,000 dividend, indefinite dividend. Uh, it is slightly different to where this is an emergency situation, but it is very similar that it is still uh, paying out government money, which is technically taxpayer money, to individuals who are out of the job because of government officials shutting down workplaces. I don't feel that this is unnecessary. People are out of the job. Uh, I do feel that it, that in general, I don't agree that with the fact that states have been shutting down businesses and sending people home and forcing them to just basically do nothing except watch the news and panic. But luckily, they are working together enough, uh, both the media and uh, the bipartisan Congress, to pass this bill to give Americans what they need to move forward to pay bills, to buy food. So to round it all up, basically everything is not as bad as everyone is making it to be. We're going to be okay, and I think in a rather short amount of time. We are seeing positive test results on active patients between six and nine days recovered, basic medication to treat malaria and basic antibacterial medication that is not expensive, that doesn't require multiple treatments. It does require a, a short-term treatment, but not a long-term treatment. I'm not sure what the medical professionals agree on this because technically an antibacterial wouldn't work on a virus, which is interesting. But it's great news that this is, that this is working and that people are, are recovering. Uh, people in China are already going back to work. Uh, Europe is from what I've heard is peaked in the number of patients, a number of cases, uh, and that we aren't far behind. I am not excited that the government took this opportunity to flex its muscles. It did give the power over to the states, which was good. It gave the power to the states, and the states took, took over and decided whether or not to shut down uh, basically the whole city. Uh, Austin and Houston and where I live, they're all on curfews and Restaurants are closed. San Francisco's on lockdown. New York is on lockdown. But it's good news. 
because I think the light at the tunnel at the end of the tunnel is very close. We're seeing it. It is coming. There's no reason to panic. And if you are an investor and you want to, you were thinking about uh, getting into the market, and if you do not have a retirement account, or for that fact, if you do not have an HSA account, now is the perfect time to open one. Ask your insurance company. Your insurance company will know whether or not your plan qualifies for an HSA. Just do your research on stocks. At the moment, don't focus too much on growth stocks, although Amazon, which is classified as a growth stock, is very affordable at the moment. You may want to look into that. But also look at the dividend stocks. Kroger, Clorox, uh, P&G, Procter & Gamble. These are all great companies with good dividends. So don't panic. I believe the worst is behind us. Thank you for listening. And tune in next week for the next episode.